The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Merry Christmas, y'all. So happy to have you here for episode 112, and I'm excited for the content that we're going to bring you this week. Now, not excited because I think it's interesting, because I'm, I'm going to be right up front with you. This isn't the the legal stuff we're talking about. It's going to be very dry, but it's going to be informative. So here's what I'm thinking for this week. We're going to do a line-by-line parsing of the tax code. This is going to be a long episode. It's going to be boring, but you're going to learn a lot, and so I'm glad I have you Uh, here. Star Wars! What? Star Wars! What? What? Star Wars! No, Star... Star... Oh, Dave! Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars! Dave is here, everybody! Star Wars, Star Wars. Yes. May the force be with all of you. Star Wars. Oh, my goodness. You are here. It's a Star Wars movie, which means you're here to ruin this podcast and all the stuff I had uh, planned. Uh, uh, Star you, Wars. Because you want to talk Star, about Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. I'm so. You have to ask me a question. Oh, right. Of course. Sorry. I'm a little out of practice. So, Dave, seen any good movies lately? Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The Last it's... Jedi. It's so good to have you here. This is fantastic. I'm so happy. I Listen, I wasn't planning on being here, but I heard way up north that you were planning on doing a line-by-line reading of the tax bill. Yeah. You just mentioned it a few seconds ago. Yeah. And anyway, I, I got down here in time to stop you. Yeah, you must be exhausted. Yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, I can't... I mean, flights are expensive now, so I can only imagine you must have sprinted here. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't sound tired. Like, you must be in very good cardiovascular health. So good for you there. Uh, the force was with me. Oh, of course it was. Um, you know, I uh, hitched a ride, not on one of the gorilla walkers, you know. Those things are huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw it again yesterday, and I realized, oh, oh wait, okay, no. Okay. Okay. So you've already seen Star Wars twice? Yeah, I'm, I'm behind. I'm behind on my viewing. I was about to say, because I feel like Rogue One, by the time it had been out this long, you'd already seen it like 38 times, and so now... Yeah, that and... For, yeah, it was the same thing with Force Awakens. I've had... Uh, it's been, a, it's been a, kind of a shitty December, uh, so... <laughs> so uh, I haven't been able to, to do stuff as, as much as I wanted to. But, uh, no, uh, so we're going to talk about Star Wars. All right, yeah. Here's what I'm thinking, all right? Since, since you're going to be here for Star Wars... Uh-huh. We'll talk a little bit about music business, but honestly, I'm so happy to see you, and I'm sure the listeners are so happy to see you. Yes, I didn't say anything. And it's Star Wars, so... I'd say I didn't mention it on Twitter, but I don't have that, as many followers as you do, so it doesn't really matter. That's right. Although Zach, no. Zach Sloan's going to be very happy now, because he, he, just yesterday he goes, I missed you on the show, and now I'm here. Uh, and I think Zach Sloan's going to be really happy at the name check you just gave him. Yes. Yeah, like that's, I mean, because he, he he loves you, and so that that's going to make his life... I think I think most of the people do. Although then those listeners are like, "Who the hell is this guy?" That's well, you, it's been like two. It's been two months. I know we've had some new listeners, and they probably don't know who you are. But it's it's good to have you in town. We're going to talk Star Wars. We have a little bit of music business stuff, but we'll just yeah. talk Star Wars because it's the last episode yeah, yeah. of the year. But we're we're going to just yeah. stumble to the finish line. We're going to talk generalities. This first segment uh, later we'll do. Because Ryan's seen it. Thank God. It usually takes him four years to see a movie. I know. I saw uh, this one. We'll actually get spoilery later on, but we will announce it. Don't worry. I'm not a douchebag. Even though, how long has it been out? 
It's been out like over a week. Something right? like that, yeah. So what are you doing if you haven't seen it? <laughs> Stop it. People got stuff going on. People got families. No, it's the holidays. No. You know? Then take your family to this, see Star Wars. This might come as a shock to you, but people aren't. There are some people out there who are not as rabidly interested in Star Wars as you are. Oh, those people are dead to me. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Speaking of, okay, so I like this. So spoiler-free discussion this segment, then yes. later on will be spoilerific. Yes. And we'll let the people know. Yes. All right, before we move into that, I have something for you. You No, don't, because I don't have anything for you. Oh, no, bad. you bastard. All right, I'll just keep this thing. No, I got something for Oh, you. and it's wrapped. Damn yeah. you, you asshole. Well, look, I, I knew you were going to be I... in town, so I was going to get you your Christmas Man, present now. So I feel like a go. schmuck. <laughs> you want me to open this right now? Look. Do you remember that creepy Maxwell House commercial where, like, the guy comes home from college and, like, sees his family and, like, the sister's there with the brother and no. she's like, you know, you're my present this year and it's kind of creepy because she, like, Ugh. says it way too, like, lustily. Ugh. Yeah, like, well, that's kind of where I'm going. You're my present this year, buddy. <laughs> Maxwell House, the coffee for incest. <laughs> exactly. Have you not oh, actually, seen this wait, commercial? I'm going to play no, this commercial that, for you later. By the way, I'm sure, no, Maxwell House is a great product. That, that, was, just, that was just a joke. You don't, you don't now we're from our sponsor, Maxwell House. <laughs> yeah, the guy that runs Maxwell House. Maybe, maybe it's like a CPAC guy. He's like, oh, finally, I got to get these bastards. All right. All right. I feel like a total schmuck now because I don't have anything for you. And this is actually gift wrapping. Oh, my God. I was thinking about this, actually. It's a fucking porg. Yeah. Porgs. Yes, porg. Ah, oh, I will name you Porgy. <laughs> or, or Georgie the Porgy. Georgie the Porgy. Porgy Georgie Porgy. Isn't that a nursery rhyme? Yes. Ah, yes. Did he like stick a thumb in a black pot, blackberry pie? No, or? that was Jimmy Crack. No. No, Jimmy Crack Corn. He no. doesn't care. That's Little you, Jack Horner. Little Jack Horner. He sat in the corner. Yes. Eating his curds Georgie? and whey. No, that's no, Little Miss Muffet. Muffet. Little yeah. Miss Muffet curds and whey. Little Jack Horner Look, sat, sat in the, the corner. Thumb in the pie. Wait, where, how do we get Porgy. from corner to pie? Because you thought Georgie Porgy was Little Jack Horner. Georgie Porgy was Kiss Three Girls and Made Him Cry. Ooh, in today's current climate, that's... Wait, what? Yeah, Georgie Porgy. Something, yeah. something... Cri... No. Oh, my God. Hold on a second. Here, talk about the pork for a second. Oh, I, I, I will dude. pull up the this nursery is... rhyme for Georgie okay. Porgy. Guys, this is a pork. And if you don't know what a pork is, F you. That's not all you're going to give him? Like, what? It's a pork. It's, it's cool. He's, like, really cuddly and cute and everything. And he, he's got like a face on. He doesn't have the sad. Okay, well, I won't say why he has that face. But, um, <laughs> oh, dude, this is so awesome, man. Porks. All right. It's funny. Your uh, your yep. brother took your niece and his uh, nephew to see uh, Star Wars, and they went to, they first got Porgs. Oh, there you go. So now you have a, they actually, a, a, they a had, Porg to call your they own. They called it Wookie Hookie Day. I'm so I'm so uh, jealous. That's delightful. Kind of, they, 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 your brother let the kids skip school to go see Star Wars. Oh, he's such a cool dad. All right, we, we, have a Georgie, would... we have a Georgie Porgy update. Okay. Uh, Georgie Porgy, pudding and pie, kissed the girls and made them cry. When the boys came out to play, Georgie Porgy ran away. Boy, that's a problematic nursery rhyme in 2017. So essentially, he's assaulting women. Yeah. The boys come over to be like, hey, man, what the hell's going on? And he runs away. That's right. he's like... Oh, ew. Georgie Porgy, the story of sexual battery and fleeing the scene of a crime. Wow. Yeah. Did he grow yeah. up to be Harvey Weinstein? Yeah. There we go. All right. <laughs> or maybe he grew up to be president of the United States. Oh. 
do you, do you enjoy your porg? Is Dude, that, I is love this porg. Awesome. This is awesome. I'm going to take it back up with me to New Jersey. All right. I know. Look, how about this? You're you're kind of in the Star Wars mindset right now. Yes. So how about we just run quickly through the housekeeping? I'm going to talk a little bit about this tax bill. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, then we'll follow, get into Star Wars. Follow Ryan at Ryan K A I R. Follow me at Metal Dave eighty five. You haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. Metal Dave eighty five. Yeah. Again, that's Metal Dave eighty five on the Twitters. Um, on Twitters. On the Twitters. I want to yeah. see how much of this you remember. Uh, email the show at break the, uh, break the business at gmail.com. That's questions right. about life, love. Uh, well, don't ask me about that. I know nothing about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, hey. my <laughs> Facebook. Where can they find him on Facebook? Uh, probably break the business because that'd be weird if it wasn't. That's right. It'd be weird if it was Maxwell House. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Yeah, Google Play. That's right. Um, make sure you buy all your monthly plans now since that neutrality is gone. <laughs> to get <laughs> and and ten dollars <laughs> and you get the break the business book uh, uh oh, Amazon yeah. break the business oh yes get the uh, break the business declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry by Ryan Krell it's a great stocking stuffer you literally have to listen to this right now get some sort of immediate drone shipping from Amazon in order to get it yeah because it's gonna be like after Christmas by chapter the time this episode six. goes up chapter six Mark is stuck oh I know at first I thought it said Mark sucks <laughs> Mark is stuck. Okay. Our guest this week, Joseph Dunwell, he's the lead vocalist for the UK-based pop rock group, The Dunwells. They've played at Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, and some other hilarious sounding festivals. And also, they were on The Tonight Show. They have a new EP out called Color My Mind. Um, yeah. We're really looking forward to that. By the way, you, if you get this book, you get gems such as this sentence, or two sentences, I love my job a lot. So that's great stuff. That's really going to help out the musician in your life. Um, oh, God, that isn't... Th oh, those are sentences from my book. Yeah, no, yeah. Wait, I, 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 I probably should this, have cited it This for you. could be a funny segment. Yeah, page, where, that's, page, that's page 52, by the way, folks. Chapter 6, page 52, This could be that. a funny segment where you just take Randomly. sentences out of context from my book and then we laugh about it. Okay, um, you let's have another see. another one? Oh, yeah, page 128. You know, here's, here's a great uh, piece of information. No artist has a flawless music operation, and that's it. No, nothing else about anything else. That there are there are there are sentences around that. Again, that's break the business, declaring your independence, and achieving true success in the music industry. Oh wait, here we go. Page one hundred seventy-two. Don't forget the jelly beans. Oh, that's great. He <laughs> <laughs> did write that. You know, I've never actually perused this. You've never read my book. Yes, I'm aware of that. <laughs> Because you're such a good friend that way. I know. I, I got a pork now because of you. Wait, wait, put, I'll put it on the table. <laughs> Those porgs are cute, man. I feel like a terrible person. Well, for what? Not reading my book or not giving me a Christmas present? or That's probably a lot. You but were... you broke the yardstick in sixth grade, so, you know. <laughs> Nobody knows what you're talking I about. I know, but it's okay. All right. But my dad will know. Your gift to me, this. if you can give me like two to three minutes for me to talk about what's going on with the tax bill, and then we can talk about Star Wars, and then we'll bring in Joseph Dunwell, and we'll talk about Star Wars some more. Sound sure, good? And, and we'll read from the book later on. Oh, you know what? How about that? That's actually a good idea. If you want, I'll talk about the tax bill, and you just we'll intersperse funny sentences from my book, oh, Break the great. Business, Declaring Your Defense, yes. and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Okay. So the tax bill was passed by both Boo. houses of Congress. What? I'm booing the the the. Uh, do we even want to call it a tax bill? The yay 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 if you're rich bill. The yay if you're rich bill. Yay if you're rich bill. So, yes, this is certainly a great bill if you make a lot of money and if you're a corporation. Good for you. Yes, you, you so, really hit a home so run. So congratulations with this. to uh, major listener David Geffen. 
and maybe the guy that runs Sony. Those guys, those, so. those guys are in good shape. Yes. Um, the bill itself is not so great, however, if you're on the you know more middle class end of the artistic spectrum. Um, it's got some positives and negatives, and we're going to walk through those because you're going to need to know these things as an artist, um, particularly as an artist who owns their own business. There's, there's a lot of changes to the tax law that really do affect you. Uh, first of all, you want to talk. Uh, we want to talk about unreimbursed employee expenses. So, in the old bill or in the old tax code, the one that's not that's about to change, uh, artists were much more able to re, uh, to deduct all their expenses that just come from being an artist. You know, like you know, if you have to pay union dues or you got to pay transportation to go to auditions and things like that. If your employer wasn't paying for those, you could deduct those on your own. So you look like you're about to say something from my book. First, take two sheets of paper. Thanks. <laughs> I love that part of the book. But now with the new tax bill, uh, that deduction is gone. They've raised the standard deduction. So now you can deduct twice as much on the standard deductions, but you can't itemize. But the problem is they also got rid of the personal exemption. So you can't, you know, what you gain in the extra standard deduction, you lose in losing the personal exemption. So it's kind of a wash. Where a lot of artists might be able to make some hay on this tax bill, and this is something you're going to want to look at with your accountant, is there's now a 20% deduction on pass-through entity income. So if you're doing your music career through a sole proprietorship or even better through a limited liability pass-through like an LLC or an S-Corp, which I highly recommend if you're not doing already, talk to a lawyer, talk to an accountant, make that happen for yourself. What the tax bill does is the income that you generate through that LLC. So if all of your... Music income from your TuneCore and your Patreon, it's all going through an LLC. You get a 20% deduction on your income by having a pass-through entity. Were they superstars? That's it? You're just going to leave people hanging? That's a, I, I know the sentence you're talking about anyway. so I said one at a time. Oh, well, sometimes, sometimes, Dave, if there's a sentence after it that might be good, you might want to bring that up too. Again, that's break the business, declaring your independence, and achieving true success in the music industry. Now available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook on Amazon. Check your local listings. Now, so this bill does a lot in terms of making it more valuable for an artist to be an independent contractor, to own your own business, than to be an employee because you lose those employee deductions. But one place where they really screw artists, and this needs to be changed, is they got rid of the individual mandate in the Affordable Care Act. Um... They didn't repeal, repeal all of Obamacare as much as Donald Trump likes to says that's, say that's exactly what he did. What they did do is get rid of the requirement that all people have, uh, have to get health insurance. The problem with that is that if you don't have that individual mandate and you don't basically compel healthy people to get health insurance, it raises the cost of insurance for everybody, which means all of you as artists who are running your own business, you're likely purchasing health insurance on the individual market, probably through one of the Obamacare exchanges. And now with no individual mandate, that means most likely your insurance is going to be going up. Now you can, sorry, you got some for us? What gives? <laughs> That's all you're going to give us from the book? You can, you can elaborate a little more. Um, so what you gain in that 20% deduction on pass-through income that you'll have through your pass-through business as an independent artist, you lose by not having this individual mandate. Um, but basically, as we said before, this is a great bill for big entertainment companies. So the big record labels, the big movie studios that are run as C corporations, the big kind of corporations, 
they're getting a huge corporate tax cut, something like 35% all the way reduced down to 21%. Huge tax cut. So this is a, a great bill if you have a massive entertainment empire, but if you're part of music's middle class, as many of those folks you guys listening are, the bill is kind of a up or down proposition. And their Actors' Equity put out a study recently showing that most uh, independent musicians and independent actors will suffer under this bill because of the way they've reconfigured the tax code. Yeah. Hold on, I can hear you saying. Did I actually write that? Hold on, I can hear you saying? Yep, page 147. Man. It's <laughs> funny. All right. So... <clears throat> are we almost done? Yeah, Star no, Wars? That's, that's yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I want. So, so those are the kind of the big things in the tax bill. And what you want to do as an artist now going forward is remember these kind of changes and fight for things that are going to be better for your music career. Um, for example, one thing that we might want to fight for as an artistic community in subsequent tax bills is increasing the qualified performing artist deduction. So right now, what happens is there is an above the line, which means you don't have to itemize your deductions deduction for things like your advertising expenses as an artist, your traveling expenses and your agent manager commissions as an artist. It's called the qualified performing artist deduction. It's a great deduction for musicians because it doesn't matter whether you take the standard deduction or itemize. The problem is that deduction has a limit of $16,000 in adjusted gross income. So if you make more than $16,000, you don't get this particularly valuable deduction. So as we're fighting for better tax bills, as perhaps we might get a more sympathetic Congress in subsequent years, that's something we want to fight for is Next a year. better qualified performing artist deduction going forward. And the last written words in the book before the index, Ryan lives in Miami, Florida. Was that the about the author? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what did you think of Star Wars, Dave? I loved it. Did you really? I loved it. I don't understand the... The split, because what, it's like an A on cinema score. It's all, the critics love it. Audiences half and half. I don't trust those audience reviews. I feel like bots have gotten in there. And... I don't know. All I know is I loved it. It was great. It's a new direction that Ryan Johnson took. This is It's original. It's a story that we have not seen before. And when you've had, what, what's it been, uh, seven, eight Eight movies. That's right. Up to this point, the original uh, trilogy uh, uh, of the prequels, of the, yeah, Rogue of this One, story, yeah. Force Awakens. You know, we've had eight movies in you know, like what was it forty years? You know that they're good, but you're right. Some of them, you know, seem they follow formula, and whatnot, and everything. This is the first like this is a very original telling because Ryan Johnson wrote and directed this. Yeah, I, I I thought he did a great had a great vision. So this movie's it is a significant departure from kind of the existing films. But and a lot of you Star sense. Wars fans are not upset are upset about that, but you seem to be cool with it. I'm cool with it because it also I feel like the story makes sense. You know, we'll get into why it may, why I feel it makes sense uh, later on, but you know, uh, you just everyone wants the stuff to say the exact same. Like we're have you know, these characters are human beings. They're allowed to change over time, especially when we follow them through some extraordinarily stressful and tough times. And things that would, you know, challenge anyone, you know, it makes sense. To I me, agree. it makes sense. I love it. You know, there's some really cool sequences in it. Some great, uh, great, I, except, great and so sequences. Some people are saying is there's not a lot, not as much action or like, you know, spacey battle type stuff. But whatever, you don't need to have that all the time. Oh, but the um, ones that were there were incredible. Yeah. The, the, Special the, effects, insane. The, uh, one, the, that one fight was amazing. Yeah. 
That yeah. was that yeah, was I know cool. What you're talking about, yeah. And we 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 had never seen anything like that really. Mm-hmm. That was great. I feel like it's up. It's well, it's it's different than the um, episode than the Phantom Menace uh, lightsaber battle with you know Darth Maul, Obi Wan, and Qui Gon. Yeah. But I feel like it, it goes up there in terms of like cool, unique stuff that you hadn't seen before. It was cool. Um, you know there. It, I, I see I, you I really trying liked to. It. I, I see you trying to tiptoe around not spoiling anything. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I there are moments where, like most of these, you know, it, it brought me to tears because just tears. like, oh yeah, cause just like the emotions of it and everything. Also, I'm just kind of like going through some shit right now, so, so. <laughs> you know, it resonates a little bit more. It's a um, long movie, and I'm not spoiling anything by saying that because you can look up the runtime anywhere. Did that bother you? It's two and a half. Hours, but it's funny. My first viewing, I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, okay, I guess we're wrapping this up, and then I realized, wait a minute. We still haven't even gotten to like the parts in the trailer where you see like the walkers and like the the red uh, dust and all that flying up in the crystal foxes. Yeah, it's like we still haven't even gotten there yet. But it's not like it drags. It's just there's a there's a lot of movie. There's a lot of bang for your buck. That's right. So you know it's it's a good, it's a good value proposition. Oh yeah. So, I'm not I, I'm not sure if this if this is the longest movie. I haven't looked that up, but it I, it might be. But um, you know I thought it was very interesting. Picking up where J.J. Abrams left off, but also Ryan Johnson wasn't he? He made it his own. He wasn't just like okay, I have to follow the J.J. Abrams thing, which is very interesting. Because it kind of then sh- it shows me that Kathleen Kennedy is over. It's basically the producer is basically heading up this whole thing. Okay, I would love to do what she does. I would love to do what she does. That's amazing. Be like man. the head of production for Star Wars. Yeah, she started as Spielberg's assistant, like back in the eighties. Oh yeah, or late late seventies. Oh, fascinating. Um, but it shows that she's willing to give people a chance. Now it's interesting because you kind of juxtapose that with who are the two guys that were let go of the Han Solo project? The guys that was, did they do Lego Movie? Oh, I don't remember their names. Uh, you can't. You, you don't, please don't call upon me to remember names on I, this. But, last year, though, or earlier this year, you know, they were relieved of their duties because they thought, like, hey, and you know, Ron Howard then came on to basically finish up or take over uh, the, the solo, movie, mm-hmm. the solo solo movie. Um, with what's his name? Uh, Alrin. I, I can't remember his name, but um, you know, <laughs> some people are like, well, you know, they, they don't want too much like originality or jokes and everything, or. But I don't know with this Ryan Johnson story. I'm like, wow! But it seems like she is letting stuff happen. She is letting the like this this director like have a vision yeah. that maybe is not what J.J. Abrams thought it would be. Well, no, he's he's willing to make it his own, as you said. And yeah, it's funny you bring up how you would love to be like one of these people that helps make you know Star Wars and be responsible for its creation. Mm-hmm. I'd be just the opposite. I would like I do not envy what folks like Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson have to do, like that kind of responsibility and like what he's going through right now. Like I could like just the knowing that whatever you do, however you, whatever you do with the movie, however you write it, whatever you do with the characters, you're going to piss off somebody. And it's just, it's a tightrope walk, but that's fine. That's art. People talk. That's the whole point of art is to create something that people are going to discuss. Oh, I know, but it's just, it's just so brutal though. Like people, the relationship people have with Star Wars is not like anything else that exists. It is in weird, media. and I found there was an interesting article because you know obviously there's plenty of reviews that were non spoilery reviews that were spoilery and everything. I, I didn't read anything until I saw the movie. Then that's when I looked at the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, all these things. Apparently, even the even the New York well, no, was the, did the New Yorker like? I feel like the New Yorker movie critic is always <laughs> hates everything, <laughs> unless it's art house cinema. 
like in the Upper West Side or something. I don't know. Um, but the uh, Hollywood Reporter had an interesting article. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't cite it, unfortunately. But basically saying part of the problem is all these the, the proliferation of like YouTube videos, fan sites that have all these theories. Like, Ray's parents explained, like, definitively, you know, and all this stuff. And all these things, like, oh, who, and basically, and, and putting in fans, and, and I, I never watch any of this stuff because no one has any basis for this. Yeah, you don't know. Only the writer knows. The writer yeah. and the production team. That thing's under, I mean, it's under probably more lock and key than the nuclear codes at this point. <laughs> Although, frankly, I'm sure whoever has the football is probably holding that thing a little tighter lately. <laughs> um, Two hands on that football, for sure. Yeah, there's a, there's a decoy football. <laughs> There's probably it's actual an actual football because I don't think he'd know the difference. <laughs> I want to throw this football, and when it lands, it's going to do huge destruction. All right, that little guy in uh, North Korea, he's not going to know what hits him when this uh, this Duke goes up his butt. He probably thinks the football is a football anyway. It is called the Duke. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so the thought that maybe people have all these theories going in, like, oh, who were raised parents? What's this? What that? What's the other thing? And then they see it, and maybe it's, it's and it's not if it's not what they expected. All of a sudden, they're like let down or something. I, I don't mm. know. Again, I, I never bothered with the the fan site, the yeah. fan theory, just because whatever. I, I enjoyed the story, and I was gonna, you know, when the, the next part of the story comes out, then you, then you find the answers. So we you, do get answers. You'd recommend that people watch it, and of course, I recommend that people watch it. I recommend that like animals watch it. <laughs> All right, I'll say this is a teaser. The more I've got, I mean, when when I when the movie was over, <laughs> my experience with Star Wars The Last Jedi was similar to my experience with every exam I took in law school. When it was over, I felt okay, and the further away I got from it, the less I felt good about what just happened. That's terrible. And and, and I know that upsets you, but we're going to talk about that in the third segment. But first, we got Joseph Dunwell coming up next on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time, my new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. He is the lead vocalist for the Dunwells, a UK-based pop rock group who have performed at Lollapalooza, Austin City Limits, Bonnaroo, and on The Tonight Show. Their new EP, Color My Mind, is available now on iTunes and Spotify, and you can find out more about the band by visiting www.thedunwells.com, and you can follow the band on Twitter at The Dunwells. Ladies and gentlemen, Joseph Dunwell is on the Break the Business podcast. Joe, thank Hello. you so much for being on the show. Hey, how you doing? Uh, 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 doing great now. Uh, great to uh, speak with you. So, is, is it is it is Joseph good? Is it Joe? How do you like to play it? Joe, Joe's great. Joe's great. Joe, great, awesome. So, as a as a Yank, as an American, um, I'm always intrigued to hear about anybody who's played on the Tonight Show. That's kind of our gold standard here in the states. And I've never had a Tonight Show guest on the podcast before, so I want to open with this question. Can you tell us something about performing on the Tonight Show that most people wouldn't know? Is there something about that experience that's sort of unusual or unexpected? 
Okay, so um, f- f- well, first of all, the Tonight Show was one of the craziest thing experiences we've ever had. Really, we w- we were in Colorado at the time when they called us up on the Friday night and said, "Do you want to play it?" Um, and we had a show in Colorado on the Saturday, uh, and then uh, at the time we were signed to a record company, and they said, "Of course, we want to play it." So uh, we flew out from Colorado to LA to do the Jay Leno show within a 24-hour period and then flew back to Colorado to oh. continue the tour that we were on. It was it was the most mental time ever. Man, that's, <clears throat> that is quite a flight. That must have just drained you. I mean, so, I mean, were you just exhausted by the time you got there? I mean, what, what was that experience like? I, th- I just, I think adrenaline really got us through it, you know. It was <laughs> funny because, like, you, you go through, um, you, you go through, like, uh, like, you, you you run the show before you got, actually play the show, so you run it a couple of times, and then and then you sit backstage and wait for your time to come on, and they tell you that the, the curtain's going to pull up, but when 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 someone tells tells you that the curtain's going to pull up, you think that this really slow curtain's going to pull up, but you're only on uh, on the air for like three minutes, <laughs> so it's like this, the fastest curtain in the world, and then and then it's amazing, um, and so. And just before the just before the show started, or just before we were just about to go on stage, I really needed a wee. Oh no! So oh, it was mental. Oh no! And then, yeah, and we had like we had like thirty seconds before we had to go on stage, and management were knocking on the door, going, "You need to get on stage right now, right now, while you've missed your opportunity." And I got on, I got on stage, and I had these grey jeans on. Oh no! Like you, I know. Oh man! Oh, look at it! Look at it! And the guitar covered the grey jeans from the uh, from the from the shake spot. Oh my goodness! Oh, I was. Oh gosh, because that always happens, right? Right before a big moment like that, you get nervous, and then of course you have to go to the bathroom. But then, but that actually took that took took away from the nerves of actually playing in front of millions of people because I was more concerned about. Are people going to see my uh, crotch area? <laughs> well, I mean, thank God you, thank God you had a guitar in front of you. You weren't just a vocalist, <laughs> and then you're trying to, you're trying to get behind a microphone stand or something. That was it. Oh man, that's crazy. So, um, you know, obviously playing for the on the Tonight Show is incredible, but how did it all start for your band? Can you walk us through some of the highlights of your musical journey? Yeah, uh, so. Like I'll, I'll bullet point it. So we we started. We're a band from Leeds, uh, two brothers, uh, and we started writing and recording music and playing in pubs on the local circuit. Uh, and then there was a guy called David Crefield who who walked into a pub one day. He he produced the Kaiser Chiefs at the time. Who walked into a pub one day and said, "I really like your stuff. Um, uh, have you ever considered?" You know, writing or recording or doing something, uh, and we hadn't at that point because we were young and we didn't really know anything about it. Um, and then we recorded an EP with him, and then we went from Leeds to London, and we just basically hammered London. There was a, a place called the Bedford in Ballam. I became a, I became obsessed with an artist called like uh, I became obsessed with an artist called Five Ants. Have you heard of him? I uh, can't say that I have. Uh, it's incredible. You should check him out. 
he's on Ed Sheeran's label at the moment. At the moment. Um, so yeah, I became obsessed with a guy called Five Vans, uh, and he played at this place called the Bedford in Ballam. And I said, if I ever get the opportunity to play there, then I feel like I've made it. And then we got the opportunity to play there, and we played there about six or seven times because we became friends with a guy called Tony Moore, who was the keyboard player in the Cutting Crew. Do you know he sang that song? Of I course. Just died yeah. in your arms tonight. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. that one. So he sang that, uh, and um, and after the sixth or seventh time playing at the Bedford in Balham in London, uh, he said, "Oh, do you fancy going over to America?" And we we like we bit his hand off, so we raised as a band we raised six thousand pounds to fly five of us out there to um, a festival called the Folk Alliance. Um, we played one show in Memphis, and straight after that got offered a management, publishing, and a record deal, um, and then. After that, in like June 2012, or yeah, June June 2012, went into the studio at Willie Nelson's recording studio, recorded an album, and then toured it relentlessly for three years. Wow! So, yeah, so that was like the, the the start of the band, and then we 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 then. After touring that for three years, we then decided we need to record another album recorded the second album with with the same label um and spent most of the time touring that in the UK and Europe and then that which did really well so the first album did really well in America we I mean we got to number 19 in the the American Billboard charts and we got to with a with a song called I could be a king um and then the second album didn't do as well which is to be expected because we were doing a lot for the first album. It's it's weird, like you you kind of you, we put all our eggs in one basket with this first album, and then then we recorded the second album, which we loved, but we said we're going to make a conscious decision to spend the time in the UK. So we kind of had like split audience between the UK and, and Europe, but, sorry UK and states, and then because that didn't do so well, we just um, we made a mutual decision between us and the record company to then go independent. And that brings us to this EP. So now that you're independent, what advantages has that brought you? Do you find you have more flexibility now? Are there things you can do now that you weren't able to do before? Yeah. Like, so me and Dave now have, me and David's my brother. We have, we've got the studio and we basically get to make all the decisions and, like we've still got management and we, we, we decide how we want to sound and when the music's coming out. And, and I think that that's ultimately the best feeling ever. So what kind of decisions couldn't you make before? Like did, did the label really get to decide what the songs sounded like? Did they approve your songs before they could go on the record? No, I, I, I feel like they, 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 they always said that we could do whatever we want. Which is which which is and they always stuck to the word, but I feel like because um, labels have a democracy and it goes through, it, so the the key person who would be the the key person's uh, go to person person would say, oh we love this, and then they would go to the next person and go we love this, and then they go to the next person and they go 
oh, well, can we change that? And then it'd kind of like, it'd filter through about five or six people and then come back to us through those five or six people to get back to us. And they would never say that they dislike it, but it would just almost be like, it would just, it was just a slow process, you know. Yeah. Now we go, I mean, we've, 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 this year alone, being independent, we've released six songs and we, t- two of them were just demos, you know, we were like, we've recorded this in our studio, we love the production, we love the sound, let's get it mastered and let's get it out. It, it turned from a demo to a record, you know, if you, if you understand what I mean. So, like, we stopped using the, the, um, we stopped having to find the big name to produce our album. It was like, this is our thing. We'll just put it out there, and and if if the audience like it, then they like it. If not, then we'll record something else, and we'll just carry on recording and creating. I, I think that the, the independency is, it just makes creating amazing. Well, your story is such a common one that I hear from label artists and label and indie artists who were once label artists, which are, you know, that it, it can be hard to create a lot of stuff quickly because it has to go through all those different layers. And in this new music industry where it's easier than ever to create content, it's so important for artists to create as much stuff as they can. That's good. And that can be hard to do unless you're in full control of your content as you guys are now. So as you said before, you play with your brother, Dave, and you guys have been playing for a while now and I imagine we have some other listeners out there who also play in bands with their siblings, and so maybe they can learn from your experience. I imagine playing with your brother creates a strong connection for you, but maybe it also creates conflict. Uh, what's that experience been like for you and your brother? So the, the experience with my brother has been amazing. Like, we never, ever fight. Wow. We, in fact, I, I know, it's weird. But the the only fights that we have is probably me and my brother against the other guys in the band. <laughs> oh, but so so like West really strong, you know. Like, but I, as a unit, I, so like if I'm having a down day and I'm like, what are we doing and why are we doing it and you know what is going on, he will pick me up and vice versa. You know, like we, for some reason we're never on a down day together. So he'll pick me up when I'm down and he'll I'll pick him up when he's down. So it's it's kind of good to have that backbone. Man, that's really interesting. And so you guys have always just been a united front. And I know you said that sometimes it's you and your brother against other members of your band. I know you sort of had, you know, it, the band is kind of you and your brother, but you've had other folks that kind of come in and out. Can you give us an, an example of a conflict that you've had with your other band members where it was you and your brother against those other people and how you managed it? Uh, I just I just think it's like, so, like, when we decide that we're going on tour and me and Dave say, this has got to happen and we want this to happen, and other guys are like, oh, but do we have to? Or, because touring's really tough. Like, if if you're a band, it is you go into a studio, you record something and you become really proud of it. And then you have to tour it for nearly a year to year and a half to two years to actually see any kind of benefit from the the thing that you've made. Um, and then even if that doesn't work, you have to decide again, then decide, are, are we going to do this again? But I, I never want to do nothing else in my life other than make music. And then, 
so that the conflict ha- and and my brother's the same so the conflict sometimes happens where we'll go we have to do this we have to go on tour we have to record this material and sometimes they're like well, but what's the point you know so yeah man and wow and how how awesome for you that you have sort of somebody that you know always has your back and you know can help you manage those tricky conflicts that's fantastic do you, do you think you it could is. do all the things that you've done in music without your brother no i genuinely don't oh, wow. uh, because because like you said you hit the nail on the head because he, he has my back he's yeah. got it like if I if I've got a decision, it's like if I've got an idea, he will back it up because he knows that I believe in that idea. So yeah, that's I just I don't know. Where sometimes I'll go, I've got an idea, but I don't know if it's that good. Do you know, like, so he kind of he understands that I'm like that. Do you know, I'll go, oh, like, I'll I'll go, yes, this is the best idea ever, and then I'll doubt myself, but he'll like back me up the whole way. No, for. In, to succeed as an indie artist, you need people, whether it's a brother or somebody else who, who really, you know, supports you, has your back, who's going to be there for you. Cause it can be lonely out there, you know, as, you know, when you're out on tour, when you're making music and, you know, having a support system like that, you know, sounds like it's huge for you. And I'd love to show the listeners now what the brotherly love of the Dunwells can do. We have a song off your new EP, Color My Mind, called Fire Down, that we're going to play right now on the Break the Business podcast. I've got bad luck And I think it's following me I'm down and out But I'm still not on my knees I'm holding on But I got one thing left, you see I'm burning down And I can feel this fire in me I'll bury it now
to understand When life doesn't go to plan These cards are in my hand Make me a better man Off of their new EP, Color My Mind, that was fired down by the Dunwells here on the Break the Business podcast. Joe, thank you so much for letting us play that. That was terrific. Not at all. Thank you so much. Um, And we really appreciate the insight you've shared, um, giving us sort of a window into, you know, the label dynamics and politics and sort of what it can be like when you truly control your content and you can put out music uh, quickly and efficiently. That's fantastic. Um, before we let you go, two more questions. One, for those who want to get to know your band a little more, can you tell them how they can you know, find you on social media or get involved with your music? Yes, yeah, so, we're, so we're on Spotify and we're on Twitter and all the other social media places. Uh, if you just type in uh, the Dunwells into Google, it comes up with at the Dunwells on Twitter and at the Dunwells on Instagram and uh, so yeah, anything. Uh, just type in Dunwells into Google, <laughs> and that's true enough. Um, you, know, you you guys seem to be everywhere. Last question: uh, Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Uh, so my my tip would be, and I've I've only figured this out in the past two years, three years. I'd say two and a half years. Is keep creating content and believe in what you're doing. I, I, me and Dave have now got like a catalogue of 60 songs that at some point in our life will get released because I believe in everything that we are creating. So it's like keep creating every single day like, and love what you do because right now I, I am having the best time ever. So, yeah. That is so motivating for me, and I know it's got to motivate the artists out there. You're you're living the dream, man. Joseph Dunwell, everybody, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry, available on Amazon.com. Ryan, tell the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, artists. that's fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Joseph Dunwell for joining us in the previous segment. Be sure to learn more about his band by visiting www.thedunwells.com and get a copy of their new EP, Color My Mind, available now.
Ryan, that interview was done well. Yes. You've been holding that yep. in for yep. a whole segment. Page 91, go get your fish. I love that line. So Zach Sloan, your boy Zach Sloan, yep. wrote a song for our seven-note song contest, uh-huh. and the title of it was Go Get Your Fish. Are you seeing so, any action out of that? Out of what? Out of the song? Do you have like a like a, like a writing credit? Well, because I, because he borrowed the title from me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're 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 fifty fifty partners. That's what he told me. Uh, oh, hey. Yeah. You know what? I just decided. Here's your here's your Christmas gift. Okay. I, I realized it has to be here the whole time. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, do I do you want here? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Okay. All right. My eyes are closed. All right. Your gifts. Okay, it's right here. Is me giving you like a music business topic? Really? Yeah. That's... You you have you have mu- a music business nugget to share with us. See, I thought I thought you were gonna go the other way of like that that that's it. No, that, that, that that's it. I get you a fucking porg, and uh, your whole thing is is essentially doing what, I, what we've been doing for two years on this show. Well, yeah, but I don't think you fully understand, Dave. I've been waiting for you to do this for me for about two years. Uh, okay, where All right. you actually have a mu- piece of music business content to share. Bring it. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. Right, so you know, let's see. Wait, what's it called again? I just want to make sure I get the the out the name right. Oh God, I'm so giddy. <laughs> okay, so you know, uh, uh, Kelly Clarkson has a new album out, right? That's right. Called Meaning of Life. Okay, Ryan, this album is her first out of the American Idol contract. No. Yes. No. <laughs> when did she sign that deal? Like 15 years ago? It's basically been like 15 years. She was on the show in 2002. David, that is a good nugget. This you is, brought it. Yes. That, if anything encapsulates everything we talk about on this podcast, about the dangers of record deals... It's that Kelly Clarkson has been stuck in her American Idol contract for 15 years until now. And, and what, how many albums? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think there was going to be like a live album there too. At least seven albums. That's gross. And you, yeah, usually live albums don't count as part of the. We were album sophomores counts. in high school, basically. Oh my God. That solid nugget, David. Yeah, that was tremendous. That encapsulates everything we talk about on this podcast about the dangers of record deals. Oh my god! Well, by the way, con- Kelly Clarkson, congratulations. Now, actually, this is funny because you're free. Yes, congr- <laughs> well, it's funny. Congratulations. She is. I'm just realizing now, though, is she free? Because that ended. But did she, I hope she didn't sign another one? Did she? I mean, she might have only to the extent that she was able to probably get better concessions. Now, she probably did one where she owns the masters and gets a big piece of the income like record deals can be great for superstar artists who yeah. have leverage but for music's middle class and yeah. your Re- lower middle class not so much released on october 27 2017 by atlantic records man american idol got i mean so kelly clarkson would have been how old when she first got the deal 20 20 and, and now she's, like she's 35 35 so she got her best years, like her her music making prime was under the yoke of a crappy American Idol contract. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, with RCA sucks. Records, yeah, seven albums. That's disgusting, man. And that's because. But remember, think, now think of it this way: she was the first winner. Yeah, this is her first one since then. So then, all of the other subsequent winners are still under those deals. Well, I, probably it makes you wonder, like, what's it's Carrie Underwood up out of it? Is Ruben stuttered? Well, I. 
Taylor Hicks. I'm okay, guessing those didn't make it to the end of their contract. I, I was going to say, I don't even know who the other one is. Kelly Clarkson and Kerry Underwood is the only ones I know. Wasn't there a guy like Nick Daughtry or something? Chris Daughtry. Chris Daughtry. I don't know who the hell he is, really. He's pretty good. I like Chris Daughtry. But anyway, yes, that, so the, the, Merry Christmas. Wow, yeah. No, I, I, I feel full of Christmas cheer now. That was a nice uh, music industry nugget. I've only been waiting two years to get one of those from you. But now we can go back to talking Star Wars. Oh, actually, before you do. Okay. Oh, okay. Hang on. I got it here for you. Live from the Brown Derby in Hollywood and Vine in sunny and beautiful Hollywood, California, it's Dave's Movie Minute. Come on in while we discuss motion pictures, stars, and all the goings-on around town. Ryan, the news out of Hollywood? What the hell is going on? <laughs> As the Movie Minute was playing, I was like, I wonder where he's going to go with what's been going what on in Hollywood. What is going on out there? Yeah, it's hey movie Dave. It's a it's a big mess. It's a cluster, my friend. Okay. Basically, ever since you left, <laughs> things stop have talking gone about Hollywood. South. Ryan, I mean, Hitler was better for Hollywood than what's going on right now. Than Weinstein and all these guys. Okay, this is absolutely terrible. What the hell is happening, Ryan? Can I tell you something? I want to be honest with you right now. Okay. You know the only time I unzip my pants. Is when I'm taking them off when I get home, or when I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> Those are good times to take your pants All off. All other times during the day at at the office, Ryan, my pants are zipped and buttoned and belted and on. <laughs> that's good. That's the way it should be. Now I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm gonna assume, Ryan. But of course you can't assume things. But I'm assuming that's the same way you live your life. I uh, yes, your, indeed. Your pants are on all times. I yeah. I I try to keep them on. Yeah. It's not hot. No, certainly not. Sometimes. You know, I've never had the thought, you know what would be great right now in my office? (laughs) If I didn't have pants on. (laughs) Think of how much more efficient I would be if I didn't have pants. Also, what the hell are the plants doing to you? (laughs) Oh, oh. They're just sitting there being a plant, maybe even a fake plant. It's a lot in life. It isn't even real. It's an identity crisis. It's 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 horribly depressed. Usually collecting dust and whatnot. And here it is. Some guy comes and just you know, you tries just, to make a baby plant with you. You should have just stopped at the third word. And you would have been. <laughs> so, here's a, a public service announcement from your old pal, Movie Dave. All right. Remember, Nazis are bad. Yep. Okay. Yep. Taking your pants off at work, bad. Okay. In fact, taking your pants off in front of any lady. Without her consent is bad. That's Be it right. at home, work, public areas, restrooms, theme parks, whatever it is, keep your pants <laughs> on. The more you know. <laughs> There's been so many stories of Hollywood depravity since Weinstein that I completely forgot about the potted plant thing. Like that, I mean, that should normally be like always on our mind in Hollywood, but there's been so much crap since then that I completely forgot about it until you brought it up again. It's, I, I can't believe what's going on, Oh, Ryan. my God. Such a bad name towards Hollywood. I, I know we've had our issues and everything, and the, the studio system back in the day was terrible, and forcing women to lose weight and all these things, and contracts, and just it, sometimes it's a little bit bad. But, hey, we, make it, we get good stars out of it. We get Star Wars. All right? <laughs> you you know how many times George Lucas took his pants off in front of people? Zero. Made Star Wars. <laughs> He's too busy making Star Wars. Well, okay, at least I, I, I hope so, Ryan. Yeah, give it time. Give it time. Ryan, if Tom Hank, if something bad ever comes out of Tom Hanks, Movie Dave is just going to jump off the top of the Capitol Records building. So, wait, you, I think it's gone, isn't it? 
No, it's still there. Okay, good. I don't know if Capitol Records is still there. I don't there think anymore, they're. I, I think there's probably there. a lease sign. So, <laughs> is that is that the actor for you? Like, is I have my actor that if I find out that they're embroiled in one of these sex scandals, it's going to just break my heart. Yes. For you, it's Tom Hanks. You want to know who Hanks. it is for me? Who is it for you, Ryan? Patrick Stewart. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, like that would hurt. That if, would uh, hurt. If uh, Captain Jean Luc Xavier. <laughs> If if something happened to him, you're right. That that would be bad. And it'd be worse if it was him and Tom Hanks together. Oh. Not like together, but just doing things together. Just rocking around town without the pants on. I think part of the I think part of what you're making what you like about it, Ryan, is essentially pants is a funny word. It, pants is a funny word. That's a good like. Remember, it's a funny word, but keep them on. <laughs> pants. Remember, pants. Keep them on. <laughs> I just imagine like a poster with like Metal Day or not Metal Day Movie Day, yeah. like with his thumbs up and smiling, oh. saying "Pants, keep them on." Right, all the Daves are in agreement that sexual harassment, sexual assault have no place in the workforce in life ever. All right, very very good. All right, I know you. That's want why to... I'm not a Republican. It's <laughs> oh. a lot less politics getting talked on this show since you were gone. Um, all right, so. Let's talk a little bit about Star Wars. And now, let's give the spoiler warning here. Spoilers abound going forward. Yes. We're going to now, from this point on, we're actually going to talk about the plot. Yes. And the ending. Yes. And everything in between. Yes. Um, Okay? Now, from from opening scroll to, you know, written and directed by Ryan Ryan Johnson Johnson, and everything in between. Okay. So, by the way, if if you haven't seen it, then you're turning off. Have a nice day. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Okay. okay, so I teased this in the previous segment that uh-huh. when I watched Star Wars and you asked me how it was, I said I really enjoyed it. Since then, as I've gotten some distance from it, there are things about it that really bother me. Hmm. And I want to talk to you okay, about you know, this. Let's, let's just do it this way. Tell me what's number one. What's number I'll, I'll just get, Here's what, like, I feel like there is a, like, there's, there are a few plot holes. But the one that bothers me the most is the fact that the th- three of the main protagonists in the story, Finn, Rose, and Poe, basically do nothing to help anybody in this movie. And in fact, the rebels, or I guess they're not, are they still called the rebels? The resistance? It's the res- funny. They're, they're used interchangeably, but now this movie, they really went hard on the rebels because as we see in the opening crawl, apparently shit has happened that we thought we were catching... The resistance on the upswing at the end of seven. Star Killer base is destroyed. You know, a, a good amount of their weapons, personnel, material gone. Okay. You know, but no, we catch up. Apparently, that's not the case. The First Order is winning. The resistance is being beaten badly. So the the rebel resistance, um, <laughs> basically, and, and think about this: if Poe, Rose, and Finn did nothing in that movie but just stay in their quarters for the duration of the film. Nothing would have changed. The rebels would have been infinitely better off. All they did for the whole movie is screw everything up. They did absolutely nothing to help anybody in that movie. And in fact, by the end of the movie where, you know, I think it was like, uh, Leia is like, Oh, I like that Poe. Like, why do you like that Poe? That Poe committed a massive act of treason. And had he not, declared a mutiny on the ship and did all these terrible things, 
Um, Laura Dern's plan would have worked perfectly fine and all the ships would have gotten, you know, to the, uh, the, to the to the little ship base and been perfectly fine and and the first order wouldn't have come within six inches of destroying the resistance. Oh wait a minute, because the whole reason they knew about it was because Benicio del Toro. Yep. Cut the deal. Yep. So they don't even try to sneak on the ship. Right. Oh. Did did I just destroy <laughs> Star Wars for you? No. Like Poe did. Poe Poe damn near destroyed. Like that's the whole movie is Poe. Like just you're cha- disobeying you're change orders. Poe Dameron. Yeah, damn, Ren. <laughs> like, like he does nothing the whole movie but disobey orders and do so in a way that just cripples the res- Poe Dameron is responsible for killing more people in the resistance than Kylo Ren ever could because of the bomber fleets. Yeah, that, uh, hmm, yeah, that's interesting. Like, and he's, he, he's almost like Saffron Burrow's character in Deep Blue Sea. Is that the? The, the head scientist lady that basically essentially like has gets everyone killed with their stupid well, shark experiments. Right. And exactly. And now, so I forgot about that movie. And so, and, and, and Finn and Rose spend the whole movie on a side quest that brings back Benicio but del you Toro did, but that and was, doesn't actually help anything because okay, but that, that was all they do is bring back somebody who damn near, you know, the Benicio del Toro guy who almost kills the resistance. But, but that's interesting, right? Cause they go to Canto bite and they're like, like what's there? It's like, Oh, it's the worst place filled with the worst people in the galaxy. And you're like, oh, okay, like another Mos Eisley yeah, cantina. And villainy, or like, yeah. you know, Maz, Maz's Kanata's cantina. And then you get it, and it's all basically just, it's like Monaco. It's yeah. like, it's one percenters, like super yeah. elite, upper crust, rich people. And it's like, oh, this is the worst place in the world. <laughs> it's funny. Which, it was funny. And it's just, they're like all and, arms dealers. And, and look, my, and I, and I want to make it clear because I, I, I feel like I have a legitimate frustration with this movie that's enjoyed my appreciate that's that's hurt my appreciation for this movie and so i don't i didn't like it as much as the other star wars movie at the same time i don't like who my allies are because i feel like when i when i step here saying i didn't like a lot of this movie my allies are a bunch of neck bearded people who think that people who like star wars are social justice warriors and think that star wars hates white people and so i don't like who i'm on the same side with because i love the diversity I, of that new star wars movie i love people like oh great sjw messages in your star wars yes disney's really making it like a social justice thing i'm like do you not realize what the message of star wars <laughs> star is wars. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what do you th- I, seriously? They were fighting against the empire. Yeah, they're fighting against a dictatorship out of like people that basically, especially if you read the expanded universe, the empire. You know who they hate? Aliens. <laughs> you know what? You know the setting of the the, the freaking movies? Fucking galaxy with a whole bunch of different species, but yet English speaking or they say basic speaking humans are the ideal. Huh. <laughs> and like it what? What? Yeah. Yeah. It's everything is insane. And so like that that's the dilemma I have. Like I almost want to just say I unequivocally liked the last Jedi just despite the people who I know don't like it for terrible reasons. You know? <laughs> like I don't want to be on the side of the people who are just saying that they don't like how diverse the cast is and they don't like that Ray is "Quote unquote," a Mary Sue and all this other crap. Like, I don't. What the hell's Mary Sue? Oh, do I get to like? Do I get to teach you a thing about what's going on in Star Wars? Oh, is, okay. Well, I, I mean, obviously, your CPAC friends are probably up in arms. So, like, you, t- tell me what happens at so, CPAC conventions. So, the, a Mary Sue is a it's a pop culture term that basically means like a female character that's way too powerful and just destroys everything without any difficulty. 
And they people accuse Rey of being a Mary Sue in the Star Wars movies because she has so much power. It's like, well, Luke had to go to Dagobah and work with Yoda, and they had to have training montages, oh, and Rey because, is, like, stronger than everybody. Because they're saying because she, they're just making a woman stronger? Right. That's the idea. Well, but one, that's not even true, because just that, right. that's not who she is. And, 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 like, Snoke, like, destroys, you know, like, wrecks her pretty easily. And, like, why can't she have more power than you know, other than Luke or somebody else. Like, it's a movie. Like, there, it's a fantasy world. Like, the for, like we can change rules about the Force without getting all up in arms about it. Yeah, it you know, when it, when it does say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, it's not meant to be a documentary. <laughs> Trust me, no one wishes this was happening more than me. Okay? I want a functioning lightsaber. I want to have force abilities and powers. I want Porges' pets. Would I be light side or dark side? I don't know, and sometimes that legitimately worries me. Okay? <laughs> but I would love to have the chance. All right? But it's a fucking movie. Yeah. And, and oh my God. But, no, she doesn't... I, it's almost... I feel like her and Kylo are equals, essentially. Which yeah. is actually a very interesting theme because I thought they were going there with the romance. But okay, let's but let, let let's do this here. Okay, let's talk about something that I think people were talking about. Not the the question that was uh, hanging at the end of uh, episode seven. Who are her parents? Right. We get the answer. Yes, we do. Remember now, this is a spoiler. I have to say it again just because. Yeah. If you don't want to know, good night, everybody. Yeah, good night. Okay, bye. All right. Um. Nobody. Yeah. She basically counts as like you. You know. You are. You've always known. It's like say it. And she's like, she's like starting to cry. She did. I was like, say it. Like, they were nobody. It's like, yeah. Your parents were like, junkers that said, traded you for alcohol. Yeah, I said traded you for nothing. Like, hmm. you don't have a part in this. And uh, you know what? Actually, I kind of like that. I loved that. Because you're right. You know what? It's an entire galaxy full of stories that's revolved around essentially one family. Like the Skywalker clan. Everything right. is revolved around them. Yeah, it makes sense that there's other people. There are other people. She's no one. But that's also what's great, too. I love that. Because she is no one, yet she does have this ability, this power, this uh, drive to find her place. She's not, it's not, it's not a privilege bestowed upon her by birth. Right. That's what it is. You know, Ben Solo has the privilege of being Han and Leia's son, of being part of the Skywalker blood and having yeah. that power run through him. Her parents were fucking drunks that just sold her. Yeah. I thought that was a cool twist. I, yeah, it's great, and because I and I think that and that's that's where we end this movie is where we're taking this off to, the fact and the whole theme of this was you know let the past die essentially. Kylo was saying that forget it all. Yeah, first order, you know the let, resistance. Let, let it all burn. Let's just make it. You let and old me. things die. I mean, yeah. you know, sort of his, his dad. Well, he killed his dad. Um, you know, even like Lay, whatever. Just Sky Luke, just forget it all and just create something new. Yeah. You know, and she's kind of basically fighting against that. And it's this whole like, well, what's going to happen? Who's going to join who? Um, I like that. I like that reveal. It doesn't, they don't, she doesn't have to be, why does she have to be? And that was the whole thing. I think people were like saying like, oh, because they were trying to do all these fan theories. Well, what does it matter? What, what extra thing do you get if she's like Obi-Wan's granddaughter or something like that? Or if Obi-Wan Kenobi had that kids, or, like, what does that matter? Or right. Luke did. What does that actually add to the story? And how exciting is that going to be if that's really what's basically everybody's predicted? Like the clubhouse leader in predictions for like, what it was going to be like. She was either like Ray, you know, Luke's kid or Obi Wan's kid. Like, okay, fine. Like we all think that's going to happen. That's not that interesting. I thought that reveal was perhaps the most interesting thing they could have done. 
Yeah. And like in the way he he presented it was like you're no one. You're nothing. It's like except except to me, but other than that like you Yeah, you're from Jakku. Who gives a shit? Like you 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 should like count your lucky stars that you're here. But now that you are, you know, let's do this thing together. Yeah. And but uh, you know, she goes away from him and everything. But uh, also, the, the treatment of Luke. People have a lot of problem with that. It's basically like, oh, it's not Luke Skywalker. You know, he wouldn't be depressed. He wouldn't be down in the dumps. He'd be out there fucking oh. doing stuff or whatever. Well, apparently, Luke also had problems with it. Did you hear about this? I haven't read anything. I I, like, I, th- I think I saw something on Twitter, but I didn't click on it. Mark Hamill came, and, and, and I didn't mean to interrupt. Can you, you can continue. But Mark Hamill actually told Ryan Johnson that he didn't like the way that Luke was being portrayed in this movie. Like, he said Luke Skywalker wouldn't quit. He wouldn't, you know, you know, go, vanish off to an island. Luke Skywalker would be in the thick of it fighting. And just, you know, and he said, but look, I understand, Ryan. It's your movie. You know, you take the character where you want to take it. I just want you to know that this isn't the way I would do it. Well, that's fine. That's... Actors can will disagree with a writer or director. That's fine, but I—that's the thing. People are like, oh, he has to be heroic. Still, <laughs> he's been heroic since like for, since a New Hope when he's like <laughs> nineteen seventy six. He's like nineteen twenty years old, and he's just always been heroic. Yeah, it's like it, it, he's trying to train a whole new generation of Jedi. His nephew turns on him, destroys it all. He blames himself. Because it's his fucking nephew, right. all right. You know, then he then sees his sister and brother-in-law split up because of it. He's like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, he was crushed Everything, under the weight of his own heroism. Exactly, like and, and he was like the one that has to do it all. It's like, yeah, hello, Yoda and Obi Wan went off into exile, into hiding. They yeah. didn't do anything for years. They just they left. No one like blames them. Yeah, you know. And by the way, oh, when he's going to the tree to burn it down. And the camera cams by, and all of a sudden you see those ears in the back of that head. Yeah. And like glimmering blue, blue and you're like, Yoda, Yoda! Yoda! And I started crying. And Yoda's a puppet again, which and, is and great. He was a, I love the fact that he was a puppet. He was practical. He got Frank Oz voicing him. Yeah. I love the fact that he calls him Young Skywalker still. Yeah. Oh, God. It, cause that, I, that was great. The whole thing of, yeah, you failed, but it's like you didn't, you didn't listen to me. You didn't pass on what you learned. Your successes and failures. A great teacher that is. Yeah. You know, um, which is it's a powerful message. Per- pertinent for me, especially right now. Um, <laughs> oh, poor Dave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, because, you know, I moved to New Jersey, mm. and a month later, my girlfriend says, let's go on a break. Oh. <laughs> so now I'm, I'm in this weird place of uh, what the fuck do I do? Well, not not the fuck to do. I mean, I got to go back up there for work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay there because I want to make more money up there than do in Miami, but... I've made That's a story I've heard from pretty much everybody I grew up with, but yeah, I'm, I'm leaving Miami because there's I'm, no. I'm work deciding here. that this is my chance to move out to California and move out to LA. Like this is this is it. And now I'm 32 years old. Been talking about it forever. I put it on the back burner because I fell in love. Apparently, it's not whatever I thought it was. And um, you know what? Fuck it, California, LA. Which is funny because actually now I'm thinking like, all right, I did a show where people are like, follow your dreams, follow your dreams. Not do it. So you gotta do it. Yes, I will. See, that's the thing. I want to work in movies. Everyone always is talking to me like, oh, Dave, what would you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you love? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's not law. I can give a shit about law, really. <laughs> I don't want to be in a courtroom. Screw that. Yeah. But if I can work at, like, behind the scenes, of business or even legal-wise, at a movie studio, I love that. That's what I realize I love. Movies, obviously, right? Dave loves movies. Do you think... Has it come across on the show? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's come across. So, oh, live from the Brown Derby. <laughs> and that's what I want to do, you know? So, I mean, it's funny. I actually found a, a program at UCLA. They had this, like, producing program. 
Yeah. Um, it, I'm going to miss the one that starts in January, but there's one in June, where basically it's like a 10-week crash course night school thing on like uh, directing, writing, producing, fundraising for movies, uh, invest, getting investors, all this, a whole bunch of stuff, like, you know, like Kathleen Kennedy. So you're... I do even have a resume out to Lucasfilm to be basically be like a, a coordinator, like an assistant to like a, a vice president where you even get to read scripts and compile notes and all this stuff. Oh my God, that'd be so cool. That'd be cool. And I have to like convince people that, no, 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 I know I'm a lawyer. I know, I know, I know, right? But here's the thing. <laughs> it's like, okay, I have all these skills and things from law school and work and like just working that I can translate to that. You know, reading, writing, you know, working, doing, doing administrative tax. I've had, to, I've had to do that shit as an associate. You know, just do everything that the partner and, and says. And you got passion. And you can't... Yeah. You know, there's no substitute for that. The only problem is now I'm fucking depressed like on Christmas like always. But uh, just, ah, the fucking rug got yanked out from under me, man. It sucks. I hate it. Well, you just, just want to have like a session on the couch now on the podcast? What What I would say is that this is this is an opportunity because I think the fact that you're out in Jersey now... We're just going to... Yeah, we'll just do this right here in front of all the listeners. The fact that you're in Jersey now and that you have, you know that you're now you know, untethered again gives you... <laughs> That's a fascinating word to put. I'm untethered, yeah. Like, this is this is sort of the kick in the ass that you're going to use to, you know, go to California because that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, if we have any single lady listeners on the podcast right now, like, you know, like <laughs> well, da- only Dave's if they've the seen best, the, y'all. Only if they've seen the movie now because this is the part where we told people to turn off and they haven't seen it. Well, so now no one's listening. <laughs> no, but this is... No, but, uh, but Dave... Are you really going to want to be with a woman who hasn't seen Star Wars yet? I was at a party a few days ago, <laughs> and I was talking to this girl. Just, 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 just to talk. You know, yeah. it's like a, like a family party thing. Sure, sure, sure. And I mentioned Star Wars. Like, oh, is that out yet already? I'm like, oh my god. In, in my in my head, I was just kind of like, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it was a really quiet marketing campaign. Disney really went the other way with this one. <laughs> Real guerrilla marketing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of word of mouth. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's it, it was like the la- it was like the first slot at con, and like only ten people showed up, and it's just been it's been filtering down ever since. When I think under radar marketing, I think Disney. Yeah, like no product placements, no commercials, just. Yeah, you know, D- D- Disney is a very small company. Yeah. Mom they're and not, pop operation. They're yeah. not trying to expand their reach. Very new media. <laughs> I, they're going to own the show soon. This one? Yes. Well, that'd be nice. Oh, that's true. That would be nice. I would appreciate a buyout. <laughs> Disney, after the Fox synergies are done... I, by the way, I love that. It's a great euphemism. Synergies. Layoffs. Synergy, synergies. It's a great business slash legal term for all you folks out there. If anyone ever talks to you about synergies, yeah. that just means people are fired. Yeah. Whenever you hear a company say they want to get lean and mean, <laughs> the only people they're getting mean to are their, uh, yeah, yeah, their yeah. old employees. But yeah, yeah, man. So it's just like I just want to get out there now. But it's like, fuck, I'm 32 years old. And I still have to figure this crap out. That's what I've. That's what I've not liked about everything. You know, it's, it's this journey of trying to figure stuff out. Well, but you have a lot of sympathetic ears in our listeners because I think among a community of artists and musicians, you're gonna get a lot of people who are figuring stuff out, who are trying to find their way in a economy that's getting crazier and crazier every day. And some of them are gonna are, are thirty two. Some of them are gonna be older than you are, and mm. they're all trying to figure stuff out. So I think all the listeners they understand what yeah. what you're doing right now. And That's why they're I, gonna and they'd be the first to tell you if they had a microphone that it's okay. Actually, it's funny. You know what I did? I actually, uh, like I said, I'm visiting home. This is my first time ever actually visiting for the holidays. You know what's funny? You know what they don't tell you? 
You're not really, you're not at home to relax. You're home to do errands. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Yesterday, the day before, I was just basically just nonstop out running errands and everything, which is fine because, you know. It's happy to be home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, See in the family. In, in the 80 degree weather. 80 degrees. 80 degrees. <laughs> yeah. All 13. I'm, uh, I'm not looking. Apparently, uh, Christmas Day, there's going to be a snowstorm up north. So when I get back and get my car from the airport, I'm going to have to look forward to that. That'll be, be wonderful. Yeah, the nice cold dark of New Jersey, alone in an Airbnb. I have the master bedroom though. There you go. There's that. There's that. Um, and, and I'm gonna have a porg now. Yes, you will. Um, yeah. This this year is going to be a good year for you, my friend. I can feel I it. I just we've been saying that. Well, we got single, we're gonna be right eventually. We've been saying that every single year since the year 2013. If, if we keep saying it, my friend, eventually it's um, gonna come true. Yeah, that's right. But so, um, I mean, it's, whatever, I'm just going to like if I just put my head down, work maximum amount of hours and just save up money for California. I hear you. That's well, the thing. I know. I know no one out there unless one of you. Well, I'm, I'm sure we have some listeners who are from the L.A. area. And if any of you all want to just, you know, say hi to Dave or if you, if you know something that can be of help to him while he's in L.A., drop him a line. Um, I'm, I'm sure at Metal be, Dave 85 on Twitter. Go, at yeah. Metal Dave 85 on if, Twitter. You know, if your name is Jack Warner, that could be good. Yeah. Or uh, Bob Paramount, <laughs> or Kathy Disney, <laughs> the Kathy Disney Company, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the thing. I, it's, it's a town where you have to work your way up. I know that, and that's fine. I'm gonna. I, I'm willing to do that. Yeah, man. I just want to be in a place that's that I'm happy at. You know, remember the movie Hail Caesar? I never saw it. No, oh, damn it. Do you know what it is? Yes. I love that movie. A lot of people didn't. They didn't. They thought it was like actually a bad Coen Brothers. I loved it because the whole thing was like this guy that worked in a movie studio and all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. I love that movie. There you go. When I saw that movie, I'm like that's what I want to do. Is that what you said? Just like that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Josh right. Brolin. So, <laughs> all right. A programming note: uh, we'll probably be off next week. Maybe I'll do like a best of something because we take New Year's off. Because... Oh, that's it. The last show of 2017. Yeah, this is like let's put this stupid yeah. god awful year to bed. Jesus Christ! Didn't we say that about 2016? Yes, <laughs> that was also <laughs> damn well, it. Hey, you know, every day that passes by is more day. Another day that uh, Robert Mueller collects evidence. Please, Robert, please. Well, no, actually, that's right. He's being discredited, even though he's a cop. I thought they liked cops. Well, not all cops, just the ones that investigate them. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> our thanks to Joseph Dunwell for joining us this week. Be sure to check out his band at www.thedunwells.com. Did we talk enough about Star Wars? I would say we talked it to death. But you can come back anytime and talk about Star Wars, my friend. It was, It's good. It's great. I love it. See the movie. And if anything, just see it just to talk about it. Don't not see it. What are you, what's wrong with you? Don't not see Star Wars and keep your pants on. Keep, yes. See, keep your goddamn pants on. See you in 2018 on the Break the Business Podcast. Bye-bye. It was fun. Bye.